0: Tonight, an outrageous smash-and-grab inside a Canadian shopping mall. A wild drive through robbery. Whether it's ridiculous or, or it's just brazen, it's, it's unacceptable. A stolen car and a spree spanning two provinces. Never in my life have I thought that I would see my car driving in the mall. A new court fight for inclusion. It makes
1: you feel like a second-class
0: citizen in a way. Donors disqualified. Accusations of bias at the sperm bank. Plus, honoring the courage of Chloe Cooley. She was a fearless woman. She deserves this recognition. Defiance in the face of slavery and a catalyst for change.
2: CTV National News with Omar Sachedina.
0: Good evening, everyone. A suburban shopping mall outside of Toronto has turned into a crime scene. After a brazen break in, even police are calling audacious and unusual. Early this morning, when the mall was empty, surveillance video shows this car smashing through the entrance before the suspect stole electronic goods from a store inside and tonight we're hearing from the quebec woman who claims the stolen vehicle belongs to her ctv's heather wright starts us off
3: shocking video shows the moment a black car smashes through the entrance of a mall just north of toronto and weaves its way past shops inside it did look like they were going
4: shopping in that vehicle it's uh, very audacious
3: At around 1.10 a.m., two people in a 2011 black Audi A4 drove through the glass doors of Entrance 6 at Vaughn Mills, squeezing past some children's rides before stopping at the source, where police say they loaded the car with electronics.
4: The suspects then got back into their vehicle, drove through the mall again, but this time broke their way through another glass door on the other side of the mall and escaped the mall.
3: Police say the suspects were driving a stolen Audi with Quebec license plates and a unique Ladies on Wheels emblem on the windshield. Never in my lifetime I thought that I would see my car driving in the mall. Taylor Anna Kobinger says she was shocked when she saw the surveillance video. She had listed her car for sale on Facebook Marketplace. And on Sunday afternoon, she met a man near a crowded park in Laval, Quebec and took him for a test drive of her vehicle. It happened so fast. He went back in. And he didn't
5: even, like, had the chance to sit correctly back inside, and he just left. He spinned
3: all the wheels, and he left. Kobinger says she's relieved her car was found this afternoon. She'll have to come to Ontario to get it and is told there's significant damage. She's just happy no one was hurt.
5: Just imagine if I could, like, if I went back inside and he had a gun and it's-
3: Cobinger says she has given a description of the man she met on Sunday to police who say they don't have a whole lot of information on the suspects because they were both wearing hoodies. Omar.
0: Shocking video. Heather, thank you for this tonight. And the recent spate of seemingly random street violence in Toronto has claimed another life. Veteran journalist and former CBC producer Michael Finley was assaulted in the city's East End last week. He
4: loved the English language and he helped you deliver the English language in a way that would make your
2: journalism work better.
0: Police released these photos of a suspect who allegedly knocked Finley to the ground. He suffered serious injuries and died of medical complications yesterday. We have exclusive details tonight about a legal challenge to a policy that excludes gay and bisexual men from helping others start families. They're prevented from making anonymous sperm donations despite a shortage in fertility clinics across the country. CTV's senior digital parliamentary reporter Rachel Aiello spoke to the man trying to change that.
1: Some specialties are, like, very limited.
5: Aziz doesn't have children, at least not in the traditional sense. A few years ago, he donated through a Toronto sperm bank and helped a lesbian couple grow their family. But since coming out as gay, he was shocked to learn he can no longer donate.
1: It makes you feel like a second-class citizen in a way.
5: A federal policy restricts sexually active men in the LGBTQ2S community from donating. Now, Aziz is pushing to change the rules by taking the federal government to court.
1: I would be really happy and honored uh, if this makes things move along and, like, um, make people recognize the equality between, uh, you know, everybody, uh, regardless of their uh, gender identity or sexual orientation.
5: According to a Health Canada directive, men who have had sex with another man in the last three months are deemed unsuitable as donors, unless they are donating to someone they know. This despite all donations being subject to a six-month quarantine and multiple levels of infectious disease and genetic screening before any sperm is used. As our science improves um, with respect to transmission and actual risk, uh, as opposed to theoretical risk, um, I would hope that those guidelines become even more um, inclusive. Aziza's lawsuit argues the health minister has the power to change the directive for gay and bisexual men, just like the Liberal government did in 2019 when they ended a lifetime sperm donation ban stemming from concerns around HIV transmission and replaced it with the current three-month waiting period.
0: It's quite clear that the message that it sends is stigmatizing, it's based on outdated prejudices and stereotypes, and we sincerely believe that the courts uh, will agree that this is a clear breach of the right to equality and is indefensible. discriminatory. And wrong.
5: A similar policy, turning away blood donors just for being gay, was changed last year. And the NDP says it should happen in this case as well.
2: It's this case in the queer community that we've always had to fight for our rights. It's just disappointing at this day and age that the government doesn't recognize their need to act.
5: Health Canada says it's looking at whether an update to the policy is needed, and says it will respond to the legal challenge in court. Omar?
0: All right. Rachel Aiello in Ottawa tonight. Rachel, thank you. A human rights advocate hired by the federal government to combat Islamophobia is in the eye of a political storm just days into her historic appointment. Here's CTV's Judy Trin.
3: Good morning.
1: Under fire, Amira El Gawabi, just appointed as Canada's anti-Islamophobia advisor, apologized in a meeting with the leader of the Bloc
6: Quebecois. I would like to say that I'm extremely sorry for the way that my words have carried, how they have hurt the people of Quebec.
1: Four years ago, in an opinion piece, she criticized Bill 21, which banned public sector workers like police and teachers from wearing religious symbols like hijabs and turbans. She wrote, The majority of Quebecers appear to be swayed not by the rule of law, but by anti-Muslim sentiment. Quebec politicians said her words were inflammatory.
2: Somebody that says that Quebec is racist needs to know more about Quebec. There's no society in this whole continent which which is more welcoming than Quebec.
1: Days after her appointment, nearly all of Quebec's National Assembly called on the prime minister to remove al Gawabi. So did the federal
2: conservative leader. We're calling for this uh, appointment to be reversed.
1: The Conservatives won 10 of 78 seats in Quebec during the last election.
6: We're seeing a sort of Quebec versus the rest of Canada conflict. Mr. Polyev is entering into that particular fray uh, and uh, we'll have to see where it pays off for him or doesn't. I don't think it will pay off for him outside of Quebec.
1: Elga Wabi has the support of Justin Trudeau and says she will continue to champion Muslim communities. We just marked... January 29th at the Quebec City Mosque in that attack. We have had other attacks in other parts of the country. So we know that Islamophobia kills. Quebec's Court of Appeal is currently deciding if Bill 21 is constitutional. Regardless of what that ruling is, it's expected to be challenged at the Supreme Court. Omar.
0: CTV's Judy Trin in Ottawa, where MPs learned today that a longtime colleague won't be returning.
3: Today I submitted my letter of resignation as the Member of Parliament for Portage-Lisgar, ending an incredible and very fulfilling 14 years serving my party, my caucus and my country.
0: Manitoba's Candice Bergen served as interim Conservative leader after Erin O'Toole was ousted a year ago. Accusations by the Conservatives that the Liberal government favored a friendly consulting firm with millions in public contracts were denied today by a former top figure at McKinsey & Company, who also denied being a friend of the Prime Minister. CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver on today's testimony.
2: Did your relationship with Justin Trudeau help McKinsey in any way? No.
7: Dominic Barton may have ties to the Trudeau government, but the former McKinsey partner says that's not the reason the consulting firm has received lucrative contracts.
2: Just because you know someone doesn't mean you'll get the work.
7: Since 2015, 24 contracts have been issued, valued at 117 million dollars. Only three, worth 56 million, were done through an open competitive procurement process. Would you consider
5: yourself a friend of the prime minister?
2: No, I, I'm not a friend. I have a professional relationship. When did you I, first? Excuse make me, the... can I finish, Mr. Chair? Sure. I, so, Briefly. I, re- I respect him. I think yep. he respects me. I don't have his personal phone number, okay. and I haven't been in a room alone with him.
7: Contracts to McKinsey hour have hour. gone up since the Liberals were elected. Though Barton denies it, the opposition's claim the spike is due to a friendship with top Liberals, including Justin Trudeau, who Barton first met in 2013.
0: Do you and the Prime Minister exchange
4: birthday cards every year? No. Birthday presents? No. Do you and your wife go out to dinner with the Prime
7: Minister and his wife? No. Years later, Barton served as an advisor to former finance minister Bill Morneau. And in 2019, he was chosen as Canada's ambassador to China.
2: There was no special relationship between me and the prime minister to do things. None. Not, nothing like that. To all of the contracts that were... Done, HAD TO GO THROUGH A PROCESS WHICH IS RUN BY CIVIL SERVANTS.
7: A PROCESS THAT'S FAIRLY COMMON ACCORDING TO MICHAEL Wernick, WHO WAS PREVIOUSLY CANADA'S TOP PUBLIC SERVANT AND NOW DOES CONSULTING WORK.
2: SO THERE'S NOTHING NEW ABOUT THE USE OF OUTSIDE SUPPLIERS. Uh, GOVERNMENTS have, uh, HAVE USED THEM FOR A RANGE OF SERVICES WHERE IT DOESN'T REALLY MAKE SENSE TO HAVE PERMANENT PUBLIC SERVANTS AND IT'S HARD TO PUT THEM IN THE RIGHT PLACE AT THE RIGHT TIME.
7: In addition to the committee study, two cabinet ministers have been tasked with looking into all contracts issued to McKinsey since 2015, Omar, to ensure the rules were followed.
0: All right, Annie, thank you. Crown prosecutors in British Columbia revealed today two RCMP officers have been charged with manslaughter in the death of an Indigenous man in police custody back in 2017. This video shows 35-year-old Dale Culver being held down by several RCMP officers in Prince George. They were responding to a report of someone casing vehicles in a parking lot. Friends say he was minding his own business. RCMP said an officer tried to question the man, but he left on a bike. There was a struggle, and while police tried to arrest him, pepper spray was used. Culver later died in hospital. For the family, I believe it's, it's some semblance of, of relief, uh, but this still has to be proven in court and uh, perhaps there is some hope that justice will be served for Dale Culver. Three other RCMP officers are facing charges of attempting to obstruct justice. In Memphis, mourners gathered in the same church Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave his final speech to remember the life of Tyree Nichols. The 29-year-old black man died days after he was violently beaten by Memphis police officers last month. CTV's Tom Walters on the Emotional Farewell.
2: You are a young man gone. A mother in mourning. Tyree was a beautiful person. And for this to happen to him, it's just unimaginable. Tyree Nichols was remembered today as a father, son, and brother who loved skateboarding and photography. All I want is
4: my baby brother back.
2: But for those gathered to celebrate his life, the haunting question is why the police officers who beat him to death did not value his life. Why couldn't they see their humanity in Tyree? The fact that the five officers charged with murder are black does not push aside the issue of racism for those who believe police culture as a whole applies a double standard. I believe if that man had been white, you wouldn't have beat him like that that night. And here, in the city where Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, the Reverend Al Sharpton lashed out at the five for forgetting those who opened doors for them by fighting and dying for civil rights. And how dare you act like that sacrifice was nothing. Sharpton and Vice President Kamala Harris said that what police did was not fighting crime.
1: This violent act was not in pursuit of public safety.
2: You don't fight crime by becoming criminals yourself. There were repeated calls today for a police reform bill and a message to those who would oppose it.
6: The next child that dies, that blood is going to be on their hands.
2: In the meantime, one more American family is left trying to make sense of the blood that has already been spilled. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles.
0: Time for a short break, but when we come back. I promised my family, I promised my country that we're gonna win. From Ukraine to Canada, it's game on. Plus a remarkable end to a radioactive search. International pressure is mounting on Ukraine to crack down on corruption as foreign donors contribute billions in the country's ongoing war effort. Early today, law enforcement set their targets on the home of a prominent billionaire. Igor Kolomoisky is a top tax official, former head of military procurement, and close ally of President Volodymyr Zelensky. Detectives uncovered stashes of cash, luxury watches, and cars. Also today, Ukraine's defense minister said Russia is planning a major new offensive to coincide with the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion. Some military analysts believe the drawn-out war is giving
2: Moscow the upper hand. It's a race of stamina, and this is one of the reasons why it is so vital to not allow this to become a protracted war or a forever war, because that will favor Russia.
0: A Russian missile today destroyed an apartment building in the eastern Ukrainian city of Krematorsk. At least three people were killed. Enormous efforts were made to assemble a hockey team of pre-teen Ukrainian refugees torn apart by war. Despite facing a unique set of challenges, they are now playing together at a renowned Quebec tournament featuring 119 international teams. Here is CTV's Quebec Bureau Chief Genevieve Beauchemin.
6: Their world was shattered by war, but tonight Team Ukraine landed in Quebec dreaming of hockey glory. I
0: promised my family, I promised my country that we're going to win.
6: That's a lot of pressure on the shoulders of a 12-year-old. Just having this team compete here, after all, is a trophy so many already treasure. Ukraine's Ice Hockey Federation selected their pre-teen elite players. Somewhere in Ukraine, evading shelling and shelters. Others had fled scattered across the world in Poland, Romania, and Canada. Businessman Sean Bay spearheaded the project to bring them to Quebec, paying for plane tickets. <laughs> Organizing to give them a shot at taking center ice at the storied international peewee tournament. A chance to follow in the skate strides of generations of hockey greats, Guy Lafleur, Wayne Gretzky. Berube played hockey as a teen in Ukraine and wanted to give back to the sport and country that meant so much to him. To see them smile after what they've gone through, it feels wonderful, he says. His project was a whirlwind of logistics and paperwork and visa applications. Some fathers even signed parental consent forms from the front lines via courier.
1: Before it was mission impossible and
6: now it's miracle and Bay drove into Ukraine at the border with Moldavia to accompany four players in their hockey gear out of the country. Welcome in Quebec City. Tonight, after a long journey, they're all here and Quebec City families are hosting the players vowing to treat them like hockey stars, whether they win the Cup or not. Thousands of tickets have already been sold for their first game on February 11th when Team Ukraine takes on a team from Boston. Geneviève Beauchemin, CTV News, Montreal.
0: And what seemed like an impossible search in the Australian outback has now come to an end after a tiny radioactive capsule that fell off a truck six days ago was finally found. Locating this object was a monumental challenge. Smaller than a dime, the object was found off the side of a road. The search involving 100 people along a 1,400-kilometer stretch of highway about the same distance as going from Calgary to Winnipeg. The specialist detection equipment picked up radiation emitted by the missing capsule. The area is now being surveyed for contamination and the capsule will be taken to a secure facility. And still ahead, the end of an era again.
4: I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for
0: good. NFL star Tom Brady steps away from football. Half a million British workers were part of a massive strike today, unions say is the biggest in more than a decade.
3: We need you to raise our pay.
0: Today's Wednesday walkout included civil servants, train operators, and teachers, who say wages have not kept up with the soaring cost of living.
6: Give the teachers more money so then I don't have to go on this march and then I could be in school.
0: The strike disrupted thousands of schools and transport services. Right across the country. Health Canada is recalling nearly 130,000 pieces of Norwegian Heli Hansen winter wear over fears the fabric can catch fire. The sweaters and hoodies were sold in Canada between 2019 and 2022. No injuries have been reported, but consumers are being told to immediately stop wearing the clothing and contact the company for a replacement. Well, when it comes to star athletes, many are hard to replace, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have to weigh their options after legendary quarterback Tom Brady revealed he's leaving the game.
4: I'm retiring for good. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a
2: thing. love you all.
0: This is the second time the seven-time Super Bowl winner said his playing days were over. The first was a year ago. Then he came back six weeks later. But this time, the 45-year-old said he's sticking to his decision, pivoting to a career as a TV sports analyst, a 10-year deal worth $375 million U.S. After the break, a Canadian legend who helped change the course of history. How Chloe Cooley is being recognized this Black History Month. Far before the Underground Railroad helped tens of thousands of enslaved people escape to freedom, Chloe Cooley tried to break her shackles and put her stamp on Canada's path to emancipation. Here's CTV's John Vennevelli-Rao with her story.
4: At an event marking the launch of Black History Month, a new Canada Post stamp was unveiled in the hopes of raising awareness about a woman historians actually know very little about, though one thing is certain. Even though she was enslaved, Chloe Cooley was a fighter. Chloe? Also the subject of a video and theater production, Cooley was enslaved in Ontario's Niagara region in the late 1700s at a time when talk of abolition was gaining steam. So her enslaver, named Adam Vrooman, decided to take Cooley to the U.S. to be sold.
2: Vrooman would rather say you cross the river to America than let you go free. Then I'll run.
4: Just get her into a boat. No! As dramatized in this History Minute video, Cooley was bound and gagged and forced onto a boat taken across the Niagara River to the States after she'd fiercely fought back. She knew that she wasn't supposed to be enslaved. She knew that God had granted her freedom as well as everybody. Tales of her resistance and screams for help got to Lieutenant Governor John Graves Simcoe, who opposed slavery, and he used eyewitness accounts to help gain support for new legislation that limited slavery in what was then called Upper Canada.
1: This was a very important first step in the whole process of ending the enslavement of Africans.
4: Slavery was fully abolished in present-day Canada in 1833. And what happened to Cooley in the States isn't known. As an enslaved person, she did not write and leave her own records. But so many wanting to make sure two centuries later, her story is never forgotten. To remind Canadians of an often overlooked fact. It lets
1: us know that there was slavery on the lands that we now call Canada.
4: And as for the stamp. I was thrilled because Chloe Cooley is deserving of this. An act of resistance and recognition long overdue. John Venevalli Rao,
0: CTV News, Toronto. Such incredible courage. And that's a snapshot of this Wednesday for all of us at CTV National News. Good night.